0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His word Jesus oh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. I want to paint a picture today that I think is going to be a powerful experience. I think it's something that you're going to remember. The theme for today as our kids go back to school is let there be hope. Somebody say hope. I believe that hope is a powerful thing. Can I have a good amen? I believe that when our kids are filled with hope, powerful things happen. You know, and somebody might ask and say, well, you know, Pastor, I've never been in a church quite like this that goes to all of these lengths. I mean, man, you really go all out for kids. Why do you make all the fuss over this next generation? Can I tell you why we make a fuss over the next generation? Here's why we go all out for your kids. Because the devil's going all out for them. Is it just me or do you sense even in recent years Just the spiritual tension, I mean, the climate as it relates to this next generation and the battle for their hearts and their minds. Do you just sense that it's escalated? Nod your head if you're with me. You know, and I'm not trying to be super spiritual or even spooky, but one thing I know about is this, we are in a spiritual battle, and Satan values our kids, and he knows he has to have them in order to accomplish his purpose. Can I have a good amen? Amen. He's fighting for the heart and the soul of this next generation. If you look at what's happening in culture, look at what's happening in the media, they target children, do they not? I mean, come on, fashion industry. How many know the fashion industry is not targeting you? But it's all based on our kids. You know, it it seems like that, you know, the enemy will make plans to attack a generation because he knows that he has to have kids in his philosophy in order to accomplish his purpose. I mean, think about sometimes, you know, just in America alone in recent years, and you've seen the, the, the school shootings on campuses. Do you know they say the vast majority of shooters in those mass shootings have come from fatherless homes? You know, and so if you want to rewind the clock, even to biblical days, anytime time God was about to raise up a Savior, raise up a deliverer, or reach a generation, the devil began to attack kids. I mean, if you know your biblical history, remember thousands of years ago when the Israelites were in Egypt and they had been slaves for over 400 years, the Bible says that God heard the groanings of his people, and he was about to raise up a deliverer, and what was his name? Moses, okay? But remember what Pharaoh began to do? Pharaoh started killing those Hebrew kids. Remember that? Throw these babies into the Nile. We got to get rid of them. You see, the enemy was trying to kill a generation when God was raising up a deliverer. Anytime God begins to move, the enemy tries to counter that. Uh, Same thing even with the birth of Jesus, you know, you think about when, when, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and the wise men came from the east, they came to, to Jerusalem because they had heard that the king of the Jews was born. Herod, when he heard this news, he felt threatened. And so what did Herod do? He killed all the male babies two years and younger. You see, the enemy feels threatened because he knows that God is about to move. Come on, can I have a better amen? And as a church, we have great hope for this generation. I want you to know, as your pastor, I believe in your kids. And I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to change their life. I believe in the anointing that God can place upon our sons and upon our daughters. You know, what's uh, interesting is as we were singing and praising during worship today, I don't know if you noticed, but that was our youth band that was leading us. Do you know the average age of the students on stage today? It was 24 years old. Average age. 24-year-old kids leading us into the presence of God. How many of you are encouraged by that? I love it. Vacation Bible School. We had to do two weeks of VBS here to accommodate over 1,500 kids. And I love it because the heart of a child is innocent. These kids, in the presence of God, their spirit is just so tender you know as they begin to worship i remember in, in week one of vbs i just came in to, to to scope out the place and there was so much energy i mean it was like electricity and kids were all fired up and then when the band gets to play and they start worshiping how many of you know your kids are uninhibited Yeah, and there's something about childlike faith, something about the passion of a child. I mean, they're they're just singing and dancing. So I rolled up in there and said, hey, come on, I can do this too. Got up in there, started dancing with them. They're looking at me like, what's this crazy man doing? I I, I just love, you you see, the, the enemy knows that when a child's heart is tender toward the things of God, when truth gets planted into their hearts, then that truth begins to shape the way that they think the way that they act, their belief not only in God, but in the power of God inside of them. I have great hope for this generation. I think there's a, there, there's a verse in Psalm 127 that will guide us in today's conversation about the next generation. In Psalm 127, starting with verse 4, I want you to read this with me. The Bible says, children born to a young man are like arrows. Somebody say arrows. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. I like it. The Bible uses that word quiver, being full. You know, and really that's a reference to one of the promises God gave to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 28. He says, I want to bless you. I want your families to be large and to increase. God wants to bless us with sons and daughters, God wants to bless us with spiritual sons and daughters. He wants our quiver to be full. It's a blessing to have kids involved. It's amazing to me how a spirit of religion tries to push kids away. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. Let these kids come to me. Let them let get close. Let them get all up on you. The disciples were trying to shoo the kids away, and God says, no, 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 no. Bring the children to me. Let them come. I want to bless them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I love that. The Bible says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. This is a great picture, a powerful picture. There's two things, two groups of people that I want to talk to today. In relationship to this picture arrows and archers arrows and archers the Bible says that children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior I'm speaking to a church that's filled with archers now when I say archers I'm not just talking about biological mom and dad I'm talking about spiritual family do you know in in biblical days You know who raised kids in biblical days? It wasn't just parents, but it was the whole community. It was the elders. It was spiritual advisors. In fact, when you read the scripture, remember that time when Mary and Joseph forgot Jesus? How many of you read that in Luke chapter 2? Are you with me today? Could you inform your face that you're into this today? Man, y'all just real chilled this morning. Wow. Okay, you remember the story where Jesus got left, right? How many parents have ever been encouraged after reading that? Because you have forgotten your kid. You ever left your kid at soccer practice, and, man, you felt like the loser dad of the year? You know, I remember being in a meeting one time, and, man, my phone was ringing. I didn't answer. it. I didn't recognize the number. You know, but I was engaged in, in this meeting, leading, facilitating, and finally got a knock at the door. And it was one of the secretaries who came in, she said, Pastor Mike, listen, uh, we got a call from Oak Grove Primary. I said, like, and then it hit me. Oh, wait, it's my day to pick up the kids from school. And Miss Babbin is on the line, and she wants to speak with you. I was like, no, no. <laughs> Tell Miss Babbin I'm on my way. I rolled over to Oak Grove, and there was Alexa. It's 4.30 in the afternoon. Not a kid left on campus. And there's Alexa sitting in the principal's office. <laughs> Man, here I come in. I felt like I was going to get detention, you know? And Alexa was saying, Daddy got in trouble, Daddy got. <laughs> Mary and Joseph, had, had, they forgot about Jesus. They'd gone to Jerusalem for Passover, and it wasn't until three days later on their journey home, Mary's like, Joseph, d- did you get Jesus? <laughs> Fellas, how many know that's a bad day for old Joe? <laughs> I thought you got it. Now, we reread that, and we think, how can you forget your kid for three days? Because the custom of that day was the elders and the spiritual community raised the kids. You know the problem? You know who's raising kids today? Their peers. Peers have become parents. And if it's not their peers, it's video games. It's movies. It's Netflix. Come on, somebody, nod your head if I'm talking. Does anybody know what we're talking about today? So when I talk about archers, Please don't say, well, I'm not a parent, so this isn't for me. All of us have the responsibility as archers when it comes to the arrows in this house. So we're talking about archers, and we're talking about arrows. Of course, arrows are our kids. They're our children. They're our students, our sons and our daughters. And so to help paint a picture, and I want to ask Jeff Rents to come up here, he's going to show us, we're going to demonstrate the power of an archer who understands the mechanics of shooting arrows. Arrows, Come on, put your hands together for Jeffrey Rentz in the house. He just graduated from Robin Hood University. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't graduate, but he did stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night is what he told me. So this is Mr. Hawkeye here, okay? This is uh, Hunger Games. He's going to give us a little demonstration <laughs> of, about shooting. And I want you to see this because there are, there are certain mechanics that are necessary when it comes to shooting an arrow. Now, the Bible says, as arrows are in the hands of a mighty warrior, so are the children of the godly. Okay, so God gives us all these kids that we prayed for on stage today. All the students that, are, that stood up going back to school, we prayed a blessing over them. Guess what? We have a responsibility as archers. Can I have a good amen? Now, to give you some mechanics of archery and um, I had to Google some of this because I'm not sure I've ever shot a bow. I can shoot a basketball, but I don't know about a bow and arrow. But if you want to look at the mechanics of shooting a bow and arrow, it starts with positioning. You've got to position yourself. Footwork is extremely important. Footwork is the foundation. There's some foundational elements here. Before we ever pull back a bow, before we ever shoot an arrow, we got to get it right from the beginning. Moms and dads, I want you to know, it's our responsibility. It's not the government's responsibility. It's not the classroom's responsibility. It's not your neighbor's down the street responsibility. It's our responsibility from the ground up. That we take this, this opportunity with all these arrows that we take it seriously. You know, I've discovered that a, a job is what you're paid for, but a calling is what you're made for. This is a calling for us. It, it's not an option. It's easy to criticize and, 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 and pick apart and condemn, but no, as moms and dads and as a spiritual community, we take responsibility from the foundation. Position yourself, okay? So it starts with a, a firm foundation. If your footwork's not right, then none of, else, none of this other stuff is going to work. I mean, we can talk about the mechanics of shooting bow and arrow, but if your footwork is not strong, we've got to make sure that we ourselves are planted on the Word that we're, we're on the rock of Jesus Christ. And so position yourself as the beginning. Then the next is you take an arrow and you've got to, you, you, technically you knock the arrow, but I'm going to put it in layman's terms. You've got to notch the arrow. There's this the, the piece of, of the, the arrow that is touching the bow. This is connectivity, okay? So not only moms and dads are we positioning ourselves, but we've got to notch the arrow. There's got to be a solid connection between us and our kids. I want you to know this. The words that you speak to your children are so, so, so important. we got to make sure that the message that they hear, the words that they listen to that sink into their heart, they're our words. And we're simply saying what God says over them. we got to communicate because words shape worlds. Are you with me? we got to communicate and we have to connect. So we position ourselves foundationally. We take responsibility. Then we notch the arrow. Now, I want you to go ahead and draw that thing back. Next thing we do is we draw the boat. Now, go ahead, Jeff, and take a shot. It's power. I'm glad we, we've cleared out backstage. There's nobody back there. Is everybody okay back there? Yeah, see, Jeffrey, go ahead. Notice what he did. He positioned himself. He notched the arrow. And the third thing is this. He drew back the bow. Okay, you got to draw. Hear me, this is important. Okay, watch this. Jeff, draw that bow back again. I want you to hold it right here. Watch this. Sometimes our children feel like we're holding them back. Come on. We set boundaries. We say no sometimes. Can I tell you, parenting is not a popularity contest. It's not always popular to say no, but we set boundaries, and our kids say, "You're holding me back. You're holding me back." No, we're not. We're not holding them them back. We're drawing them back, because if we don't draw them back, we can't release them forward. Can I have a good amen? Come on, let it fire again, Jeff. Ooh. I'm glad it's you shooting and not me. You think you can split one of those arrows, man? So, watch what he does here. Position yourself, okay? I'm talking to us as a church. As archers, we position ourselves with footwork. We notch the arrow. We're connected. We're dialed in to this next generation. We're not disconnected. We understand the dynamics of their world. Then we draw back that bow. It's not holding them back, but it's drawing this thing back to release them forward. Now, watch this. Draw back that bow. Now, Jeffrey's got to take aim. He's got to take aim. He's got to sight that thing in. Look at him. Getting that target every time. He takes aim. You say, Mike, what are you talking about, taking aim? Here's what taking aim is. As how do we do this as parents? How do we do this as a faith community? We set the example. It's not just the words that we say, because I'm going tell you, as parents sometimes we can preach good sermons, but I've discovered this, that our kids won't always do what we say, They'll do what we do. Example is the most powerful teacher. If you want to send your kids into their destiny, if they're going to have the trajectory and the direction that they need, it's about us setting the example first. Let me say it this way. Whatever you want to grow in your kid's life, make sure that it's present in your life. Whatever expectation you set on them, inspect your life, and then you can expect it to be present in their life. Let me say it a better way. Model what you want Jesus to multiply. Whatever you want God to grow, you walk in that thing yourself. Well, I want my kids to tell the truth. Guess what that requires of us? Honesty. Well, I want my kids to to be humble and apologize when they've messed up. Guess what that requires of us? We got to say we're sorry. Come on, am I talking to anybody? Taking aim is about us setting the example. You're saying, kids, now here's how this looks. So we position ourselves. We notch the arrow. We draw back the bow. We take aim. And then the last thing and one of the most important things is the release. When Jeff lets that thing fly, when that arrow is released, okay, he's done everything that he knows to do. All the mechanics are right. There finally comes a moment where he's got to let that arrow go. Moms, dads, church, archers, we're going to have to let our kids go. We're going to have to release them into their future. Guess what? You know what that means from us? We gotta take a chance on these kids. Somebody took a chance on you. Somebody gave you an opportunity. Some you know what? We're pulling them back, not to hold them forever, but one day to release them to be all that God has called them to be. Jeff, you got one more in you? Okay. All right. We got is that how many arrows is that? Is that four? Okay, bro. Four for four. Don't make a mistake. No pressure. no pressure. There's just thousands of people watching. Look at the mechanics. Pulls it back. Takes aim. <laughs> Come on, put your hands together for Jeffrey Rentz. <laughs> Good job. I'm glad that was him shooting those arrows and not me. Whoo, I was so nervous all week. You see, now what you just saw was a picture of what we as archers are responsible for. If our kids are going to hit the target, then it requires a lot of preparation and work up front from us. The archers are extremely important. But, you know, here's the thing. Why did Jeff stop? Because he ran out of arrows. What happens when we have no more arrows? Can I tell you, there are churches all over this country that have plenty of bows, but they got no arrows. An archer without arrows is no good in battle. Come on, can I say that again? Uh, Didn't we say that there's an all-out attack of the enemy on our children? Are we not in a battle? Well, as archers, as a church, we got to make sure that we have plenty of arrows. Because we're no good in the fight if we don't have the weapons to launch and they will go farther and faster than you and I ever would. You know, one of the most disappointing verses in all the Bible is 2 Samuel chapter 18. I want you to listen to this. Verse 18, the Bible says this. During his lifetime, Absalom had built a monument to himself in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to carry on my name. So he named the monument after himself, and it's known as Absalom's monument to this day. Do you know why this verse is sad? Because Absalom had no legacy. He had no sons. He had no generation to pass something off to. So you know what he did? He built a monument, and he named it after himself. Can I tell you this? As a church, if we don't value the next generation, then this is simply a monument to ourselves as beautiful as this building may be. And and I thank God for it. We have nothing to pass. We we can't pass anything on to the next generation without sons and daughters. And so guess what, when we die, this dies with us. You know, I read a statistic last week that said, in the United States alone, every year, there are 4,000 new churches that are being planted. 4,000 new churches planted every year in America. I thought that was amazing, until I heard the second half of this statistic. Every year in America, 7,000 churches close their doors. So, I mean, you do the math. We're down 3,000 every year. I mean, the, the numbers are going down. Why is that? Because churches have plenty of archers, but they don't have arrows. And if we don't give students, young people, a place at the table, then eventually when we die, this whole thing dies with us. Are you with me today? And so I feel like being an archer, there's an important responsibility to understand the value of the arrow. I mean, sometimes we call this big church. If you drop off your kids in nursery or kids' district, you know, go to children's, go to kids. But this is big church. But can I tell you the stories that we preach and teach about in big church? A lot of times it's about kids. Think about it. David was 16 years old when he was anointed to be king. Samuel was called at 12 years of age. Joseph, when he had that dream about his brothers, was 15, 16, maybe 17 years of age. Scholars tell us that most of the disciples were in their late teenage years. Only a few were in their early 20s. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was 14 years old when she gave birth to the Christ child. Jeremiah, God called him at 17 years of age. Daniel, when he was brought into Babylonian captivity, was 15 years old. Some believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in their mid-teenage years. Miriam, when she saved Moses in the river, was seven or eight years old. Solomon was king at age 20. Josiah was king of Judah at eight years old. Esther appeared before the king at 14 years of age. Can I tell you, this Bible is filled with amazing exploits of our sons and our daughters. Spiritual maturity is not an age, okay? Spiritual maturity is not an age. It's simply a response in obedience to the Lord. If God wanted to raise up a deliverer today, where do you think he would go? Where, where would he look? I think he'd look in kids' district. I really do. I think he'd come on a Wednesday night and check out Devoted and say, let me see these crazy, radical teenagers. I think he may go to a college service and say, who will trust me on that college campus? Who will believe me that I can use them? Who will surrender to me? I think God would look in the areas of our youth. So my question is this. Why would we overlook the very areas that God would directly look at? Are you with me today? And here's what I love about you. Here's what I love about days like today. You get it. You understand it. You understand the value of arrows and the responsibility of archers. In fact, let let me ask you this question, okay? If you're under the age of 30, I want to do this little exercise. You're under the age of 30, I want you to stand to your feet right where you are. Stand up. 30 and under. Some of you are double clutch and like, 39ers, <laughs> stand up. Okay, stand up. Wow, look at this. Look at this. Come on. Is this impressive? Wow, we got a young church up in here. Oh, this is beautiful. Okay, stay standing for just a second. All of you arrows, okay, that God's developing. He's preparing. He's taking aim with you. You are weapons in the hand of a mighty warrior. Can I tell you this? We need your creativity. We need your energy. We need your fire. We need your craziness. <laughs> Don't settle down. Listen, why, why would you get all religious when you come to church and feel like you're in some straitjacket? No, no, no. Don't settle down. We need you to use all of that fire that God's placed inside of you. We need it for the kingdom. We need it in the house of God. Don't apologize for what God has put in you. I want you to know this church is for you. I mean, you're not just a part of the church, man. You own this thing. This thing belongs to you. I don't want you to say that church. I want you to say my church because you understand the value that's been placed upon you. We believe in you. We need all of that. God is giving you ideas that the rest of us, we don't have. You have ideas to reach your generation And we won't even... Our kids are a message that we will send to a world we may never see. And you guys have it. And we honor the Spirit of God in you. Come on, can you put your hands together for all of these young guns? Okay, now sit down. Now, if you're over 30, (laughs) stand on up, baby. Come on. All of you that are... Oh, you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s. Yes. Oh, I heard a whole lot of groans, Uh, bones cracking. Okay, check this out now. All of you archers, okay, we've been speaking about arrows, but all of you archers, we need you too. We need your wisdom. We need your life experience. Hey, we need your stability. I mean, these kids are crazy and on fire, but we need some stability as well. We need you to take what you've learned and leverage it for the benefit of those who are coming after you. We need what God has placed in you because you have perspective that the rest of us don't. We need those things. Listen, we need your money. (laughs) Those kids ain't got no money. I mean, for real, they're broke like no joke. They got all ideas, but they can't afford a single thing. Come on, are you with me? What? Now, we celebrate all those young guns, and we see their kingdom potential, but we know that we have resource, that we have wisdom, that we've got a little life experience ahead of them. Come on now. Can I tell you this? we read statistics of all that God did through these kids throughout Scripture Guess how old the apostle Paul was when he took his very first missionary journey. The very first time he went to the mission field, he was almost 60 years old. Hey, God's not through with you. And you know what? I want to say this now, because we celebrate the kids and we go crazy and we let them play their electric guitars and they beat those drums and they got the smoke and the haze and the lights and their skinny jeans scare us. And (laughs) And all of that, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord. You know, they give us, you know, cardiac arrest. They like the music loud. They like the lights low. And it's like, ah. Oh, you know, and, and thank God for that. Th- thank, thank God for that. But listen, as archers, those young guns need us, okay? We, we talked about the value of an arrow. You know, a warrior can't go into battle without arrows. But let me ask you this. What's an arrow able to do without an archer? An arrow, an arrow has no ability whatsoever unless you and I take what God has given us, we position ourselves, come on now, we notch that arrow, we draw back that bow, we take aim, and we trust God for the destiny of these kids. Amen. Come on, church, we you do this. Let's all stand. Everybody standing. Everybody standing. Gosh, what a great day. I love it. I could not wait to preach this message primarily because I wanted to cast vision but secondarily to say this I wanted to brag on you because you get it you understand it as archers we have a great responsibility but all of those arrows can I tell you this arrows all of you young guns if I can give you one final thought it would be this just be fat (laughs) just be fat this year faithful Available, teachable. If you'll just say, okay, Lord, I'm gonna be faithful, I'm gonna trust. Some of you, some of you young guns, you need to submit to the tension that you feel in the boat. You need to submit to it, surrender to it. Just make yourself available. They're holding me back. No, 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 they're not. No, they're not. Watch this. The greater the tension, the farther the flight. The, 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 you, thank God, you're holding me back. My parents are holding me back. They t- no, no, no. The farther we pull you back, when it's time to release, the higher, the farther, the faster you'll go. And you know what the target is? Guess what? What's the target in all of this? We haven't even talked about the target. That's a whole other message in and of itself. The target is Jesus. It, when you, You'll know you've been successful as an archer when all those little arrows... Their life is centered on the mark of Jesus Christ. You say, man, I feel like I've missed the mark. Some of you feel like you've missed it. Some of you feel like as an archer that you've missed it. Some of you arrows out there, you feel like, man, I I have not been centered on Christ. And my life has gotten off to the left or off to the right. You know, we're going to spend an entire series starting next week. When we talk about overwhelmed, don't miss a single Sunday for the rest of this month and into September. We're going to talk about how you recover, how to get back on flight how to fly the straight and narrow and stay true. But God has a great destiny for you as an arrow and he's got a great purpose for us as archers. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.